0: Once you finish the work, for me, that's it, because then it goes into somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. It goes into the promoters, the distributors, and then it in, into the hands of the audience where it's supposed to go. So my feeling has always been, once you've done the work, let it go. Don't follow it all the way down the line. Mm-hmm. You'll waste a lot of your time. <clears throat> do the work. Do the work you want to do the way you want to do it, and then let it go. And wherever it goes, okay, sometimes it'll go down down a hole sometimes it'll rise up you don't know but don't spend time worrying or thinking about it it's got its own life one way or the other
1: that is the iconic voice of robert redford he's going to give us some insights on how to survive hollywood for eight decades as well as go into the impact that the netflix apple amazon and beyond all these streamers are having on the traditional hollywood marketplace that's all up ahead on today's super U podcast let's go
0: That's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I hard. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five.
1: Four. four three. Two. One.
0: Super, 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 super.
1: Super You. Thank you for joining us for today's Super U podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you do know me as Equal Man. This is a podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. And today we're gonna get insights from world famous, that's right, one of the Hollywood's icons, Robert Redford. If you're not familiar with his work, he was born on August 18th, 1936 in Santa Monica, California. And Redford has certainly proved to be one of the great talents in American film starting classics such as The Sting, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Candidate in The Way We Were. Out of all of his films, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is Robert Redford's favorite. Now, for all those that listen to the podcast and you like to guess the heights of the people that we highlight on this show, I'll pause as you guess Robert Redford's height. That's right. He is five ten inches. So hopefully you got that right. But Redford has helped start the Sundance Film Festival, which has grown into one of the movie industry's most prestigious events, and a great boon for indie filmmakers. The actor has also moved successfully into producing and directing, winning an Oscar for ordinary people, and receiving both directing and best picture nods for quiz show. Now, my all-time favorite role of his is the one he played in the baseball movie, The Natural, where he played the prodigy. He played a prodigy player wait for it so you can guess what's the name of the prodigy that he played roy hobbs also what year was the movie set it was set in 1952 he plays for the fictional new york knights if you got that right with his self-made bat what's the name of his self-made bat it's burned and etched on the side of the bat it is wonder boy redford earned a baseball scholarship to the university of colorado so that's why he's selected to play that role Now, in 2016, President Barack Obama presented Redford with America's highest civilian honor for his contributions as an actor, director, producer, and conservationist. As a conservationist, Redford, at the age of 11, fell in love with Yosemite Park and actually later went back to work there. Well, we're about to get some insights for this American icon. I hope they give you the courage to wear the cape. Again, we're all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. All right, now you started your career in the 50s. What are some of the challenges and stages of a career that is closing in, which eventually closed in on eight decades?
0: I had a career that started in 1959, and I was doing a lot of television. I started in the theater in New York, and then the theater went to live television, and then live television went to film television, And over time, I I came to realize that the value, uh, I think each of those sections had great value. And then finally something settles in and you do something that you get uh, known for. And I think that was Butch Cassidy. And once that happened, then you're kind of, you're in a certain kind of channel. And you can't move too far out of it like you could in earlier work in television. And that has some pluses and minuses. And then you realize it was restrictive because you were then going to be seen. You, you saw yourself as, a, as an artist. You saw yourself as somebody that could play different roles and uh, different levels of emotion. And yet, consistently, you were judged by your looks. And I wasn't prepared for that. And you just hope that the work you do, if it's diverse enough, if it's different enough, that ultimately you will be seen
1: for that. You helped create the Sundance Film Festival from nothing, from the beginning. Now, where did such an idea come from? What
0: eventually led to Sundance was I, I just felt that I was so lucky to be able to tell stories about the America that I saw. And that was more complex than it was being advertised. And I would hope that other people like myself would have that opportunity, but it wasn't available to them. I was just lucky. So when, in 19... 19- uh, 80, things were changing drastically, uh, Hollywood was becoming more centralized and they were no longer going to make those smaller films along with their bigger films, therefore creating the category for independent film. Um, and then they were, uh, were uh, going to be following the youth market, because uh, that's where the money was. At the same time cable was just about to explode. Cable and video was about to explode. And I could see that there was going to be this gap. What about those films that I loved making when the studio system included them? So maybe we can create something where we will have a development process to filmmakers that have a different point of view, have a more independent point of view, have a place to develop and work. And so that's what led to Sundance and then eventually the festival.
1: We often talk about on this show, progress over perfection. What are your thoughts? Do you feel that progress should be should be on one's own terms?
0: Yeah, there was there was a moment where in, in the very beginning, I felt I had to do something that would get attention. I would do something that would uh, define me in some way so that I could stay in this business. I probably made some compromises um, that I wouldn't normally make by instinct. And then at a certain point, I said, wait a minute, um, I'm here, I've paid my dues. Now, I really don't think I can go forward unless I do what I want to do the way I want to do it. And so I converted at that point and said, hit or miss, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move forward and kind of be more true to myself.
1: Now, during the course of I was writing my latest book, The Focus Project, many very successful people like yourself said the key to their success was focus. Does this hold true for you?
0: And I think that acting, what acting did... um, It was an odd form of therapy. It was an odd form of expressing yourself physically when you would um, resign yourself to the fact that you were going to be an artist, which meant hand to paper to articulate what you were feeling, or a writer. But to be physical was a new one for me. And when that happened, something clicked. And I thought, "I I think I'm meant to do this. And therefore, all the energy that was going this way and that way and maybe hurting other people and myself as I was flailing around trying to find something exciting to hold on to, it all channeled into this, it, it all funneled into this channel, which is what I think saved me. I could I could put that energy, which was so displaced, I could put it into a an ambition or a function that had a, a shape to it.
1: Now as an actor, as a writer, or even as an inventor or an entrepreneur, when do you know it's time to let something go? If that makes sense, that the work is done and it's basically time to move on.
0: Once you finish the work, for me, that's it, because then it goes into somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. It goes into the promoters, the distributors, and then it in, into the hands of the audience where it's supposed to go. So my feeling has always been, once you've done the work, let it go. Don't follow it all the way down the line. Mm -hmm. You'll waste a lot of your time. Do the work. Do the work you want to do the way you want to do it, and then let it go. And wherever it goes, okay. Sometimes it'll go down down a hole. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll rise up. You don't know, but don't spend time worrying or thinking about it. It's got its own life one way or the other.
1: Now, you've seen an incredible amount of change in your lifetime. Actually, you've been a part of a lot of that change. Uh, Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, recently said that that Hollywood is going through a massive, that's his words, massive change. And there will be winners and, of course, losers. And when you think about an Amazon, a Netflix, Apple, all getting into this space, hyper competitive, what are your general thoughts on this change? I believe change is inevitable. Um,
0: and I think that we, we can see that there are some people that um, go with change. There are others that don't because they're afraid of change. And since I believe change is inevitable, I, th- I want us to be able to ride with it and to use it to advantage. So the idea, the, the festival was meant to use change to, to underline the word diversity and diversity is something I think moves the ball, and that's something I think we represent. And that comes out of change. I I think as things change, I think the filmmakers here roll with it, and their films show how change is affecting the life we live and society that we're in. Do you have any regrets? I think we all do have some regrets. It's what you do with them. You know, do do you dwell on them? I think regrets are just part of living, but I think regrets, you, you, you take a regret, rather than having it be a regret, maybe a s- mistake made in the past, you try to convert it to knowledge. You try to convert it to something that will let you grow.
1: There you go. Regrets are certainly a part of living and I hope these insights helped you today further developed a growth mindset that each and every day no matter how young or how old you are have that growth mindset. It's just about getting better. It's that one percent better each and every day. It's about having that courage to wear the cape. It's about unlocking that inner superpower that is within all of us. And speaking of superheroes, This show, this podcast, is not possible without you, the listeners, so thank you so much. But it's certainly not possible without the great production team that we have here at Equal Man Studios. And you know the names probably by heart now. We've got Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and of course, Kelsey Gomez. So thanks again for tuning in to the Super U Podcast. Don't hesitate to click a five-star review, or if you think we're terrible, give us a one-star. We'll make sure we're improving. But no, send us a note. Send us equalman at equalman.com. Equalman at equalman.com. You can tell us what we can do better or what are you liking? What do you want us to do more of? Or what we love to receive, what are some of the questions that you have that we can answer? Or maybe it's a guest you want us to highlight on the Super U podcast. So again, thank you for tuning in each and every Wednesday to the Super U podcast. This is your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us that kind is cool. And it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind.
0: Seven, six, five, four,
1: three, two, one. Super, 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 super you.